A couple of years ago, my parents came to Mass at my previous assignment, and they brought one of my little cousins. Obviously, they don't have any grandchildren from me, so they just kidnap my cousin's children and bring them all over the place to spoil them. And so after Mass, I'm watching my cousin smile and wave the entire time, like halfway through the church. She must have been three at the time. And after Mass, I said, so how was church? What did you think? She goes with a big smile, it was boring. <laughs> I said, and this was stupid of me. I said, well, how did I do? She said, you were boring. <laughs> and that's the day I learned if you really want to be humbled and you want the truth, ask a toddler. They're not going to lie to you. And I think of that every time I come up across this gospel reading from Matthew because it is all about humility and the first reading about humility and the second reading about humility. It's not very often in the church's readings that all three mass readings for Sunday point to the same exact thing so clearly. Malachi is telling us about the priests who are corrupt and just selfish and loving all the perks of being a Levitical priest in the Old Testament. St. Paul is talking about the apostles working hard day and night to proclaim the gospel, he says. And he implies you can do better, keep doing good, do better. Jesus is just saying, look, follow the example, no, not follow the example, follow the teaching of these scribes and these Pharisees because they are in a place of authority. They're on the seat of Moses. They speak with actual truth and authority, but don't take their example because they're not, they're not living by what they teach you. All three occasions have to be humbled. We have to be humble, and we think we know what that means, and to some extent, yeah, sure, we do. What does it mean to be humble? If I were to ask anybody, oh, it means recognizing your weaknesses. Sure, absolutely. Recognizing your faults, for sure. Realizing what your sin is, absolutely. What's the other side of humility, though? Also recognizing your goodness. Real humility is realizing your reality of who you are as a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God. Yes, we are held to a high standard as disciples of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are held to that. Are we going to reach that bar all the time? Probably not. That's why the confessional exists. But that doesn't mean that we're defined by our sin. It doesn't mean that, oh, you have to be humbled in order for God to love you. No, the, the Lord loves you already. And because he loves you, he holds you to this higher standard and demands that you recognize your weaknesses and your shortcomings. But he also demands that you recognize your dignity of who you are. We come here to be nourished by the church, not just to check a box for our Sunday obligation. If you're here just to check the box for your obligation, thank you for being here. See you next Sunday. But what do you do from Sunday to Sunday? Because there's work for us to do. I've said it a million times and I'm going to keep saying it because it's never going to be not true. There is only so much that I as a priest can do to go out and sanctify the world. You are the ones on the front line. You are the ones who go from this place to your homes, to your dorms, to your fraternity or sorority houses, to your classrooms, to your jobs. You are the ones who go out and you have work to do. The church tells us we have three roles. The, Vatican, the Second Vatican Council tells us this, that we have the role, the duty, the responsibility to sanctify the world, to evangelize the world, and to restore the world in Christ. We can talk about that all day long, and it's never really going to mean anything until we realize that that first applies to us. Maybe you've heard it put before, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
Maybe you've heard it say you can't give what you don't have first. How in the world do you think you're going to go out there and sanctify anything or evangelize anything or restore anything if you yourself have not first been sanctified and evangelized and restored in Christ? We have to receive that from God Almighty first in order to let our hearts be conformed more towards a sacred heart, to love authentically, to be loved authentically, and then to go and share that. What does that look like? Where do you need to be restored? We're talking about humility. What brokenness is there? What woundedness? What imperfection? What temptation? What sin? What do you see within yourself that the Lord himself needs to come in, touch and heal, and not just poof, vanish, but to touch, heal, and then remain with you? As he says, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. But you get to remain in him as well. He gets to remain in you. Where do you see these opportunities for him to step in with your permission and with your openness to give him the freedom and the power to do such a thing, to walk in and to touch and heal your own brokenness, your woundedness? That's what it means to be restored in Christ. But see, once you're restored, then you're naturally disposed to be sanctified, to cultivate virtue, to cultivate a holiness of life, to live the sacramental life of the church, to know who it is that you receive in this Eucharistic sacrifice. It's not just a pretty piece of bread or some rotten grape juice in a pretty cup. God himself taking on flesh, incarnating himself before our very eyes. Do you realize the power that is here? To be sanctified is to choose that. So long as you're practicing the faith and in a state of grace, being sanctified. Once you're restored, you're allowing yourself to be sanctified, but from that sanctification also comes the zeal and the grace to go and to evangelize. Evangelization simply means to allow someone to encounter the living God through you, introducing them to the person of Jesus Christ, inviting them into that relationship, that encounter, you cannot make that happen. You can facilitate it. You can make the introduction. But through your own restoration in Christ, through your own sanctification in Christ, through your own humility to begin with, there is something that is going to spark that interest of another person. Because a true disciple lives with joy. That doesn't mean everything is just going to be sunshine and rainbows 24-7. That doesn't mean you're never going to be met with strife or challenge. That doesn't mean you're just going to stop sinning, although, Lord, I wish that could be the case. But when you live authentically from that place of being restored and sanctified, you will naturally evangelize because you reveal the face of God to each person you encounter. That is a huge task. What a gift to reveal God, the living God, the Creator, to someone else. This isn't just pie-in-the-sky mentality. This is just, isn't just a nice idea. This is what the church says. You have the mission. You have the authority and the power from Jesus Christ to receive from Holy Mother Church first through the Pope, through the bishops, through the priests, to receive that richness and that goodness to then go and share it to sanctify the world, to evangelize the world, and to restore all things to Christ, in Christ, and restore it for Him. 
None of that can ever happen or even be conceived to happen unless we first humble ourselves to recognize that yes, I'm an imperfect man. I always have been and I always will be on this side of heaven. And yet somehow, because of his goodness and his great trust in me, he calls me to this ministry. The same thing can be said about you. The same thing is said about you. That he gives you this commission. He gives you this invitation and just hopes that you will accept it. Even if imperfectly, allow yourself tonight to recognize where those areas within your own heart, your own soul, who you are as an individual, where are those places that you need to be restored? Where does the Lord need to come in and not just fix, but totally restore and renew and bring you back to this fullness of life because of the joy of the gospel, the joy of the resurrection, the joy of Jesus Christ? Where does God the Father need to reveal the love of his Son in order to sanctify you? Where does the Holy Spirit need to come in and just spread this light of evangelization, this zeal for the gospel, this zeal for the kingdom? Only you can answer that question, and only you can invite the Lord in. And I hope and pray that you will, in your own way, sure, on your own time and on your own terms, but always be open. The Lord is a type of God who will take a mile when you give him an inch in the best possible way. He will never leave you disappointed. He will never abandon you, and he will never leave you hanging. Allow him to come in, to touch and to heal, to transform and conform your heart to his most sacred heart, so that you too can be sanctified and live a virtuous life to become a saint, so that one day we celebrate you for all saints this past week as well. And then from that sainthood, that sanctity, that holiness and virtuous living, you too go and restore all things, sanctify all things, and evangelize all things. All of those things can only be done in, through, and for Jesus Christ. Praise to him forever, for sure. But you have a role in that. And the church is waiting. The world is waiting. We have a job to do. We have a mission to fulfill. We have a ministry to go and proclaim and it has to be done in Christ. Only first and only when we humble ourselves. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit www.ctklsu.org.